Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On our show today, we're going to be talking about the Medicare system. Medicare is enormous. It pays for so much health care day in and day out. And it does this very efficiently. But despite that, the cost of medical care continues to rise, getting ready to break the bank. Wouldn't it be nice if Medicare could be a little more innovative, uh, if it could, you know, test some things out, see if there was ways of, of, of doing things better, of, of, of creating higher quality, lower cost medical care in our country? Well, guess what? The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has an innovation center devoted to doing just that. And on our program today, we're joined by Dr. William Schrank. Dr. Schrank is director of the evaluation group for these, of these innovations. He's going to tell us more about the program. Dr. Schrank, thank you so much for bringing on the program today. Why don't we start by just getting an understanding of what the CMS Innovation Center is? Great. Well, the Innovation Center was... Um was uh, or began when uh, it was part of the Affordable Care Act, uh, the health reform bill that was passed a couple years ago. Uh, the job of the Innovation Center is to develop, implement, and test new payment models uh, with the ultimate goal of bending the cost curve, of reducing the total cost of care for uh, beneficiaries in Medicare and Medicaid. And the, the ultimate goal is to do so through improvement, to develop new payment models that align incentives to promote better quality uh, and greater efficiency, uh, to reduce variation, improve the quality of care, and reduce the overall cost of care for the patients that we care for. Um, that sounds like the most logical thing you could uh, ask Medicare to do. It does, uh, and and to some extent, the philosophy or the general approach is not a new one. But uh, the 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 Affordable Care Act affords us uh, some novel and really unique opportunities to test and ultimately to scale new and effective policies. So, what's first thing is uh, that's particularly exciting about uh, about the Innovation Center is that we were appropriated uh, a meaningful budget to be able to actually go out and test new payment models. So we, over a 10-year period, we were appropriated $10 billion to, um, to support these tests. 
And while uh, it still represents far less than 1% of our annual budget, it's, uh, it is a meaningful uh, investment in our ability to learn about and ultimately improve the way we deliver care for our beneficiaries. The second part that is um, unique and very exciting is that we, um, we have the opportunity to test and scale programs uh, that, in a way that we hadn't previously. So we develop new payment models that we uh, implement in markets across the country. And if we're able in our evaluation to demonstrate that uh, a new payment model improves quality and reduces cost, uh, we, it does not have to go through the rulemaking process. It, we just have to certify those results with the actuaries, and the secretary can make the program into national policy. So it allows for a more rapid and efficient way to scale effective programs. As I understand it, one of the advantages of the current system is that the overhead uh, is very low, that Medicare is enormous, the efficiencies of scale, things are paid out. The disadvantage of the current payment model is largely that it's, it's not paying for particular outcomes. It's not paying for um, necessarily for quality. It's, it's just you do more, you get paid more. Well, that's right. You know, I think historically in healthcare, we've largely paid for volume. And one of the key goals of the Innovation Center is to align incentives for all providers to focus more on quality and efficiency than it does uh, simply on volume. And uh, the goal is to, to, to realign those incentives at multiple levels of the healthcare system. So for anywhere from the primary care physician to the hospital to uh, an organized health system, uh, in, in, in any of those settings, we're testing new models to reimburse or to pay for care that, um, that changes the incentives so the focus is really on improving patient health and improving care rather than delivering more care. Historically, the DRG system, um, Diagnostic Related Group System, was supposed to do some of that. Was, was, am I right about that? And was it valuable? You are, and that, that was, uh, you know, many would, um, would argue that was a really successful way of uh, aligning incentives uh, for hospital care to promote efficiency um, and less variation and um, ultimately um, you know, the, the, the goal is to improve quality. But the DRG system focuses just on the hospital charges when a patient's hospitalized. And even within a DRG system, uh, the physician uh, payments and all the post-acute care payments are still, um, are still aligned around volume. So uh, one of the most exciting programs that we are initiating at the Innovation Center is, is one called Bundles for Care Improvement. And in that program, we are uh, bundling care, bundling the way we pay for care, so that it doesn't just include the hospital costs, but all the all costs associated with the hospitalization for specific diagnoses. Uh, and we're also um, there are different components of that test in which we're also gonna gonna wrap in 
the cost of post-acute care, of the rehabilitation care that's often needed after hospitalization. The goal there is um, to try to, you know, sort of across the entire continuum of care for episodes when patients are hospitalized. That we um, that our incentives uh, our incentives are lined up in much the same way as we the the first couple steps that we took when when DRGs were first implemented. I understand that there's um, there's also movement towards accountable care organizations. It sounds like when you have an accountable care organization in place, you would be in a better position to bundle that care for the uh, to include the doctors and the hospitals, the whole thing. Do those things complement each other? They do. They do. They they do. But they, in fact, they're separate tests. But they do, and they, uh, in many ways, they do complement each other. But the accountable care organization tests that are coming out of the Innovation Center are twofold. One is um, we are supporting the Pioneer Accountable Care Organization um, program, which is a program in which we uh, we we are we've asked particularly advanced health systems, uh, health systems that are willing to sort of put more skin in the game, uh, have greater opportunity for rewards, but also take greater risk to, um, to, um, to, to participate in a shared savings program in which if they're able to deliver care, higher quality care, more efficiently, they're able to, to, um, to share in a greater proportion of those savings. Um, the goal the goal is you know largely the same, uh, but it's it's a much broader picture that we're we're trying to paint with an with an accountable care organization in which we're uh, a whole a health system sort of takes greater accountability or ownership of the of the management of an entire patient and in fact the management the management of an entire population with the ultimate goal of providing care more effectively and higher quality and lower cost. Uh, uh, you know, trying to sort of uh, build a, a, a more a holistic system to care for the entire patient, and with also a greater emphasis on prevention and reducing overall healthcare costs. You're listening to Getting Better Healthcare on WebTalkRadio.net. We're speaking today with Dr. William Shrink. He's director of the Rapid Cycle Evaluations Group for the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services Innovation Center. A lot of the terminology we're throwing around sounds somewhat familiar, like the things we heard in the late 70s and 80s with HMOs. And in some ways, it seemed as though that approach paid, I mean, the idea was you pay people to keep people healthy, so you you pay them a certain amount, you capitate them, and then they're responsible for people's health. But it seemed like there, things were out. The, the alignment was different, but it wasn't necessarily better because, in essence, it could be looked at as a way to pay people not to take care of patients. Uh, yeah. Are we? Is, is this a fine line that we're still walking? Well, one of the priorities in all of the models that we put forth uh, is to make sure that the care decisions are still in the hands of the providers and not a third-party payer, uh, that physicians are still ultimately making decisions about what's best for their patient, but in a setting in which there's a business context for them to do the right thing, to care for the patient in a, in a, in a way that optimizes both quality and efficiency. 
So an example would be the Comprehensive Primary Care Initiative, which is another program that we have out that we have recently announced and will be, be out on the street starting this summer. It builds on the notion of the patient-centered medical home in which we are providing upfront payments, uh, monthly payments to primary care physicians and their practices for the Medicare beneficiaries that they care for. Um, we, and we're doing this in marketplaces where we're able to identify private payers that are participating as well. So we have a multi-payer approach. And the goal is to provide, um, is to, is to, to offer uh, providers upfront support so they can transform their practices in ways to, to make meaningful investments to deliver care uh, more efficiently and higher quality. And on the back end, where there's an opportunity to be reimbursed more by delivering care more efficiently. So if they're able to reduce the total cost of care for their beneficiaries, they get to share in the savings. Um, you know, unlike the HMOs of the 90s, where there was a, a third-party payer that largely was administering claims and creating barriers, there was a perception that they were creating barriers to care that at times might have been essential or appropriate. Here, we're really putting the, the decision-making uh, property in the hands of the of the, the provider of the health, of the physician or that whoever it is that's taking care of the patient, so that their goals uh, are really about operating within this business business context to deliver the best care possible for their patients. Yeah, well, it sounds like what you would like it set up so that it that you're incentivizing the provider to provide the best possible care. But it sounds like you're almost running the risk that, I mean, it's, uh, I trust doctors, but the doctor clearly wants their patient to get the best possible care. But the, the, the physician's incentive in this system could be to cut costs so the, and, and to, in order to share in the savings, even if that meant not giving patients the best care. So... Well, you know, so there, so with every new incentive, there is a risk of an unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, this is so we are going to be actively and aggressively monitoring uh, the implementation of all of these programs, and that's one of the things that my group, the evaluation group, does. And I think to that's great. To identify sort of specific potential adverse outcomes that could result. From uh, from uh, a new model, and to identify those, you know, immediately, and to try to make sure that um, that those that we mitigate those risks. However, you know, our priority is both. Uh, you know, these models are built both around shared savings for efficiency, but also around rewards for higher quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, you know, we're, there's a balance, and we have to find just the right balance. But we're trying to find the right balance that promotes the outcomes that we care about. And when we talk about higher quality, we're focusing not just on process outcomes, not just on whether or not, you know, patients are getting, you know, with diabetes are getting their feet or eyes checked. We're focusing also on the outcomes that we really care about, you know, sort of downstream consequences from chronic disease to try to make sure that these patients are, have greater functional status and are able to, um, to live healthier and more productive lives. Are any of the tests looking at transferring the risks and benefits 
not just from the insurers to the doctors, but from doctors all the way down to the level of the patient so that the patient becomes financially responsible for the decisions they make about their health care? It's a really, really, it's a wonderful question. And uh, there, one of the, um, the demonstrations that was mandated by the Affordable Care Act, it's not one that's, that sort of arose out of the Innovation Center, but our evalu- the evaluation is being led by our team within the, eva- the um, Innovation Center, is uh, a program, it's called Section 4108, I believe. It's a, it's a, it's a program in which um, in 10 different states, there are tests going on, or tests that will shortly be implemented, um, in which patients are rewarded for doing the right thing. And that could be anything from exercising more to stopping smoking or improving their diet or adhering to their medications. And um, the goal in those tests is try to understand you know, more explicitly uh, what role positive financial incentives can play promoting the kinds of healthy behaviors that we know are critical to improving health and reducing health care costs. You know, it's also really interesting to note that in all of the models that we're testing in which we are you know, sort of realigning incentives, one of the great things is that providers now more than ever before have an incentive to talk to patients about their lifestyle, to mm-hmm. talk to patients about how they take their medications. As long as physicians are on the hook for the outcomes of these patients, it's not as though the physicians are just going to be aware of and, and feeling responsible for um, the, the, you know, the specific care decisions that they're making. They, are, they have to be more holistically responsible for the health of their patients. And uh, we are hopeful and we expect that by creating this kind of a, a, a context that we will see uh, greater engagement of physicians and patients around these essential topics like healthy lifestyles, more exercise, improved diet, and appropriate use of medications. I think of the example of the, I don't know what it is, a $5,000 MRI for somebody who has back pain. And I can imagine if I were a patient and the insurance covered the whole cost, I'd be like, sure, give me two of them um, because it's not costing me anything. And MRIs, there's no risk to it. And, you know, there's a one in a bazillion chance I have a tumor. Let's find out. Um, if in some of these tests, the onus becomes on the doctor, you know, to make that decision. And I could see a potential conflict between when a patient says, well, give me the test. And the doctor's like, well, you don't need it. But I'm like, but it won't hurt me. And I might find something. So give me the test. And then the doctor has these two incentives. Should they do what the patient wants or, or save the money? What if, if the, any of the tests involve putting the onus on the patient where through health savings account or, or something, the patient has the financial incentive either to make the decision to have this MRI or not? You know, we don't have any explicit tests uh, of uh, such an intervention in our current repertoire. Um, you know, these are, these are all really interesting empirical questions about how uh, patients make sort of the make tra- make uh, clinical decisions for themselves, and how they how they sort of address the financial and health benefit trade-offs uh, of specific tests. Um, that said, you know we're hopeful that um, that the kinds of business context we're creating 
in the interventions that we have in the field now will allow for thoughtful conversations between doctors and patients about um, the relative benefit, efficacy, and at times cost of different uh, procedures. You know, the goal the goal is to um, not necessarily to create financial barriers so that patients without means are not getting tests that are potentially valuable. The goal is to have uh, a, a useful, thoughtful, evidence-based conversation between doctors and patients about the expected benefits and challenges and, and, and risks of different procedures and making decisions about what's ultimately best and appropriate um, within, a, a, within a, a sort of a financially constrained environment, uh, what's best and appropriate for, for any given patient. Uh. Dr. Shrink, thank you so, so much for your time today. Any final um, words of advice for our listeners and comments? No, I mean, I would just encourage uh, folks that are interested in learning more to, to check out our website. And if you just Google Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, you can, uh, you can learn more about, um, about our programs and what we're doing. And w- for those uh, who are practitioners or in the healthcare field and have suggestions uh, about um, ideas that we ought to consider or uh, approaches that should be in our, potentially in our, in our repertoire kinds of tests that we should consider, we encourage you to send your ideas through that website and we read them all and we're sort of trying to engage as many folks out there. There's tons of innovation going on, going on around, the, around the country and we're, we're eager to learn from and connect with and continue that are all those things that folks are doing. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you. Pleasure. It's exciting to know that Medicare is seeking out new ways of providing health care. They have the resources. They've got expertise. They've even got a system in place for implementing those things which prove to be valuable. Our health care system is complex, and there's a lot of different forces at play. And as Dr. Schrenk points out, a, a lot of, of what we need to do is put incentives into alignment in order to get the care that we're looking for. I'd like to see more patient responsibility injected into this because clearly patients have their own self-interest at heart and are probably in a better position than anybody else to ration their own care um, that said, there, there's probably no really g- good way to ration care. Um, there's advantages and disadvantages to letting the government do it or letting regulators do it or letting the doctors do it or letting the patients do it. Um, there may not be an ideal world. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking to some other people who are working towards making health care better, um, people interested in promoting um, better adherence, getting patients to use their medications better. And we'll be talking about ways that you can save money on your health care um, through your own actions. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. I think it was one of our best. And um, please join us again. Getting Better Health Care has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health.
Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.